So hi everyone and welcome to the very first of many discussions uh, in the Tenacious Tycoon series. So my name's Sarah Flynn and uh, next to me you will see Lee Eilers and together we are the Tenacious Tycoons. So we were brought together um, through networking and Lee and I had this exceptional idea to between us join forces and hopefully impart some wisdom um, on you good people today and for the rest of the year. So, you know, really what we are about, uh, we're both entrepreneurs, we come from very humble backgrounds, you know, in the sort of nine to five-ish grind, shall we say, um, from the employment world and we've both taken very different paths from there and today we are both very successful entrepreneurs. So predominantly invest in property, we both also do our own investing outside of property as well. So um, for myself, I also invest in stocks and shares, I do some trading and I also hold some physical gold as well as some other bits and bobs. So I will just hand over to Lee now so he can give himself a bit of an introduction. Yeah, so I'll just add on to that and say hi everyone. Uh, this is our first one, as Sarah said, so be kind to us if we've made a bit of a mess of all this. Uh, but the idea is just have a bit of fun with it all. Um, you know, we've set up what we think are four of the more important areas in uh, being successful ultimately, whether that's in business or anything else. So we've, we've identified that. And um, as we've put the title on for today, today's uh, topic of discussion is just the importance of mindset in business. So, Sarah, I'll give it back to you. I believe you've got some points to to run through to begin with that we can chat about. Yeah, wonderful. Thanks, Lee. So, um, quite a couple of uh, sort of number of things, I suppose, today that I want to um, cover off, all at a high level, but just to give you all a flavour of things that have happened to Lee and I over the years in business and as entrepreneurs, and things that we probably believe, um, you know, will help. Um, overall to be mindful of and to be prepared for from a mindset perspective um, when you are starting out in business because it's so so important to get that mindset right um, and if you don't get it right from the offset um, it is fair to say I think you know Lee will probably agree that you are probably destined for failure you know mindset everybody says and it's so true is absolutely everything um, when it comes to being an entrepreneur so um, the first thing that I thought we could discuss Lee um, is all around resiliency um, and, and I will just open that up a little bit because um, I actually think, and it's probably a bit of a controversial point, that um, people who do better in business um, and who kind of take that leap of faith and, you know, become an entrepreneur um, generally have you know, sort of do better when they've had some sort of previous hardship in life. And I speak from my own experience there, but what I tend to find is that most people that I've spoke to have already had, you know, the real great people that have made huge successes of themselves have already had, you know, or experienced great turmoil or emotional pain or something that's turned their life upside down or made their life difficult for a period of time. And they seem to be able to carry that resiliency over into the business world because when you're getting started in business it's a very lonely difficult world you know and it is crap and people don't talk about it you know people only talk about the end game and where they are but people don't speak about the difficulties that they had and the challenges at the face at the start and I think that to be resilient and have that you know really kind of hardened shell just to be able to bat off the repeated no's after no you know every time something doesn't work you know and that could go on for months it could go on for years you know and people just don't talk about that side of business and how you really have to build up that thick skin would you agree Lee? I couldn't agree more to be honest Sarah yeah I mean 
it's one of those things that you know without diverging or divulging into our past and, and what ever else has happened to us you know we we both know bits of our individual stories and we know that we've been through the mill a little bit and i think that it's not just a matter of having gone through it it's the, the matter of having gone through it and come out thriving from it and it's a big topic at the moment and particularly what's been happening with the pandemic that's been kicking around since the start of 2020 you know there's a, a lot of businesses and a lot of people unfortunately that have sunk as as part of that process because it's got hard but there's also those that are thriving through it and there's those that will thrive with when it finishes and comes to a close and things can resume with some semblance of normality and, and business resumes as it were and that's because those businesses that built themselves up to really kind of manifest what they want through a really hard patch of time ultimately is setting themselves up to just you know absolutely smash it frankly when it becomes easier because you've got through the tough time and that's the other point really there's always a tough time there's never an easy point really there's this, you know ebbs and flows there's always that that graph of things going well and things not going so well and things being absolutely appalling i'm trying to watch my language here but um you know the point is that there are the highs and lows no matter what you do and you have to be able to deal with both it's great to be on a high and to really ride that wave and, and enjoy yourself and have the luxury of that which is a key part of what we do and what we're going to talk about but also to be able to handle the lows and the dips as well because at that point if you give up all the hard work you've done before that is ultimately for nothing and it's the same as if you don't push yourself through it and come back out of it and just stay where you are you're not going to succeed so it's building up that resiliency of being able to push yourself through when things get rough and when things get hard and really just push yourself out of that and set yourself up in such a way that you will just thrive beyond it yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, you couldn't have said more there from my perspective. I think you kind of covered everything that um, that I was thinking and more. Um, yeah, and I think, you know, the thing with resiliency is um, when you do get to those tough places, it's about reflecting back on other situations in your life and thinking, OK, how did I deal with that then? Did I deal with it well? Did I deal with it really poorly? Um, and almost kind of analysing and doing some real deep self-reflection because, you know, to have that resilience, um, what you really need to do is look back on those things and work out what you did wrong. You know, if it didn't go so well and you did fall apart, then why? And then you need to change that to be able to push through the pain of business, you know, go, going forward. And equally, if you got through a really tough time really well and you handled it really well, then again, using those same tools and those same coping me mechanisms, you know, kind of whatever was personal to you at that time, taking those and using them again um to, to push you through that that kind of starting uh or buffer period you know when you first when you first get into business so absolutely i think they were all really really key points there and i think the other the other thing that i wanted to mention um today whilst we were talking it brings me nicely on from resiliency actually was um the whole piece about when you face those hard times having a support network because there is nothing more important you know there's this kind of rise at the minute for me um that we keep hearing about the solopreneur um and and i to me it's a bit of a false um, economy and it's kind of false advertising and i'm not saying that people can't do it alone because of course you can be a one-man band and you can absolutely have your own business and do your own thing and that's fine but you know 
choose whether you like it or not all those people still have you know an excellent support network around them you know whether it's friends family whether they've got accountability buddies or mentors and we'll, we'll come on to talk about all those things in detail in a minute but you know they they ultimately do have all those things they're not just sat at home without any support because you, you just can't do business alone and i think you know that is a real real thing when it comes to mindset you know when the going gets tough you know you need some advice or you're not sure or you need to make a really difficult decision you have to have people to turn to right well yeah absolutely i mean ultimately that's how we got started doing this because we've been able to get into a network of people that are like-minded that help you push each other on and you know ultimately we gelled in that which is fantastic so that's why we've been able to do something like this but that's what it's about it's not necessarily about being surrounded by people who do what you do sometimes it is genuinely just about having someone to talk to when things get rough and mm -hmm. uh, i think that's a big part of, of you know why people struggle with mental health again through this same time period that we're talking about but even just generally you know solopreneur it's it's one of those terms that's getting banded about at the moment has been a real big showstopper ultimately and I personally, I don't like it. That, that might be a bit contentious, but <clears throat> it's the same as people overuse the term entrepreneur um, when they're actually not. But solopreneur just takes it to that next level where you've been celebrated for going through hardship and, and figuring things out for yourself and struggling through ultimately, which, okay, that's great on one side. But I mean, this session is all about mindset. And if that's your mindset that you want to get into running your own business and doing it all on your own without help from anyone else, without any support network, without uh, you know staff that you can lean on or business partners or whoever it may be, you're going to get stuck and you're going to find it hard. But even if you are successful through that, you will not enjoy it. And what's the point in doing something that you don't enjoy? I mean, we, we ultimately have one life and this is a big message of mine. You know, it, it, it's kind of irrespective of what your beliefs may or may not be at the end of you know, our time on this earth, we don't actually know what happens next. Um, you know, there's very little evidence to support what may or may not be beyond this life. And assuming that this is all we have, why do we want to go through it suffering? So if you want to start a business, fantastic. It's a great way of starting things for yourself and being able to be uh, self-sustaining. But at the same time, if you are hustling so hard that you're you know, working maybe 10, 12, 15 hours a day on your business, Although it may be successful financially, are you actually getting any satisfaction from your life? Because where's the enjoyment? Where's the social aspect to it? And, you know, having that support network is just so key because who do you lean on if you don't have that? So, yeah, I think being a solopreneur is a little bit overrated. Um, I've certainly learned that lesson. Um, I'm not going to yeah. lie. No, no, and I think it's really interesting because I really agree with you there. You know, you were saying, oh, I feel like, you know, saying that um, a solopreneur, you know, is a bit. Um, sort of an overrated thing and it probably is a bit of a contentious thing for you to say but, but I completely agree it's become like this word that's been uh, as you say just banded about all over the shop and um, without any kind of true understanding or meaning of, of what it is because you know my challenge as kind of we were just discussing there is does that really exist does a solo is that re you know can a solopreneur re really exist without anybody else because my, my argument would be no even if you know they're, they're representing themselves as a one-man band and they're representing themselves you know and the brand is based on them there still has to be other people in the background because um even if they're just outside 
outsourcing things. They're not doing it alone. You know, many of these people probably have VAs or they'll probably have content managers, you know. Um, and, and I think that those, those ide ideologies get lost because people, you know, are now looking at other people like that. And, and that's, that is an issue with mindset because, again, those people are creating almost um, that idealistic, unrealistic life. Um, yeah, absolutely. And other people then try to aspire to that. You know, they think, oh, I've got to do it all and I'm going to do it all on my own. Um, and actually that doesn't, that reality doesn't exist, does it? You know, as you and I know, really, there's no such thing as that. Like you, you have to have support and you have to have, you have to have help. Um, and, and I think, you know, that kind of brings me on to the next point. We were talking about friends and family. And we we're talking about support and general networking, like like you were just saying, how you and I met. And networking with like-minded people. like And as you said, Lee, not necessarily people that are in the same industry as you do, but people that have got the same overall ideologies and the same ambitions, um, I think, you know, is vitally important because sometimes not everybody has the luxury of obviously having friends and family to, to support. Um, and, and I certainly know, you know, I have a very, very, very supportive um, immediate family, which is lovely. But um, me and my wife have been met with some quite unexpected responses from um, pe people who are quite close relatives to us, actually. Um, you know, people writing things to us, you know, we've sort of celebrated a property that we've converted or something. And, and people have like openly slated us in comments on Instagram. And, mm. and, and, it, and it's, it's frightening because, you know, you always think that the people closest to you are going to be your, create, you, you, your sort of favourite and your best supporters. And sometimes they're not, you know, and, and that can be the ones that hurt the most. So I think that's also why it's really good to widen your net because not everybody has that immediate support network. But, you know, sort of doing the external networking as you and I have done and meeting those sort of like-minded people really... I think helps take you to the next level and gets you through those difficult times. And when you're not feeling great, you do have people to fall back on and, and kind of rely on. And I suppose that brings me nicely um, to my next point. And this is definitely your area of expertise, Lee, as a coach. Um, you know, that the whole world of kind of, of kind of accountability for coaches, um, actual coaches and, and mentors. What, what are your thoughts on those from a mindset perspective and how important do you think they are? Where do I start? I could, I could go on forever on that, couldn't I? <laughs> hey, the bottom line is it's important. It's, and there's so many reasons why. I'm, I'm trying to think of what the, the key ones would be ultimately, but it's, it's as you say, you know, the people that are closest to you don't always necessarily understand what it is you're going through or what it is you're doing. And both sides of those are actually quite dangerous because if you have a wider family or a wider support network that doesn't understand necessarily your business, for example, they can't really help and prop you up when things go bad and you need a bit of business help ultimately. So that's why it's good to obviously have a mentor who understands the industry that you're working in. Similarly though, if they do understand the business, but they don't necessarily understand the struggles that you're going through with it, or they understand business generally, but not your specific industry, it's the same problem again. They cannot really support you because they don't understand the situation well enough to offer that. They can obviously offer a supportive ear they can listen they can you know give your shoulder a cry on when you need it which is kind of inevitable in what we do as you know as business people but ultimately because you need people who are a bit more specialized in that that's where coaches masterminds mentorships come into play you have your mentors who i in my definition are very much kind of experts in their field you know whether that's a business industry whether that is in um, a certain type of, of coaching or therapy or something like that 
then you've got your coaches who are just a bit more general. You know, what we do as coaches is we, we're there to support people and to make them accountable. But ultimately, we're not really telling people something they don't know. There are elements of that because ultimately we all are on a journey of self-discovery. However, the coaching aspect of it isn't to teach, it's to support and to uh, kind of celebrate and to you know, really lift people up so that they can achieve what they want to achieve, doing what they know what they need to do. It's just maybe giving them a point in the right direction or a bit of a nudge here and there. And then your, your mastermind, again, it's, it's that support network that you mentioned. So again, the, the beauty of that, and I think it, it was in Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, so I know he didn't actually quote this um, is my understanding but he did write it is that you're only as strong as the people you surround yourself with it's around he said it's the strength of the, the five closest people around you is who you ultimately become whether or not that's true is again a contentious point but it is ultimately true that if you surround yourself with different types of people who are all going in a similar direction to you they may not be doing the same thing as you but they offer different capabilities and different levels of support so I'm a massive advocate for masterminding because you may not have anyone expert in there on what you're specifically trying to do, but there'll be facets of your business, say, or life or whatever it is you're in a mastermind for that you're not necessarily an expert in and you just need that experience from someone else, shall we say. So I, I would defer to you absolutely on trading and stocks and shares. I know a little bit of it. I can do some myself, but I've not stood and studied it like you have. So. By being in a mastermind with someone like you, then I can quite easily lean on you should I need some advice on that or some uh, kind of insider knowledge or just a bit of you know support on what I'm doing. And vice versa, the things that I've learned through getting educated to become a coach. And these will be a lot of things that you may not have touched on. And it's the same thing. You get to leverage that side of it as and when you need it. But it's not something that's directly uh, involved in your own business and, and similar to mine. So having that whole network is just so crucial and it's, it's been so beneficial to me personally that I can't advocate, you know, setting these things up more. Yeah, you know, I think that's really true. And I think, you know, what a lot, a lot of people think um, it, when they're thinking about embarking on, you know, taking on like a coach or a mentor or anything of that description um, is people just see cost. Yeah. So um, they have this thing of, oh, I'm not going to pay somebody to kick me up the ass um, and I'm not going to pay somebody, you know, to, to sort of have a shoulder to cry on because my husband will do that or, you know, my auntie will do it for me. Um, and I think that that's such a misconstrued um, and misguided and misunderstood kind of um, concept really of, of exactly what a mentor is for. You know, I, you know, and I know Lee is similar, I pay a heavy amount a month um, and have for a considerable period of time to masterminds and mentors. Um, but I would 100% say that that is one of those things that you have to speculate to accumulate. And those people, undoubtedly, I would say from my perspective, and I think Lee would echo this, have got me exactly where I need to be today and I definitely wouldn't be there without them because it's and as Lee said it's that level of support it's the level of knowledge that they've kind of been there they've done it they've got the t-shirt they understand they can provide that guidance um you know it's like your own personal Yoda and it, it, that's what everybody wants you know you have to pay a bit of money for Yoda but it's, it's worth it you know, and it and it absolutely is, and people don't see that side of it. I think you know, when people start leaping into business, you know, they're all about cost saving. And yes, of course, you have to do that. Make no mistake, I'm not here to say spend frivolously and be ridiculous, but you know, understand what your budget is and make sure that you budget for 
a, a level of support, whether that is a network, whether it's like Lee said, a bit more of something, um, a, a bit more elitist, like a, a small mastermind group, um, or whether it is the full blown one on one mentorship, you know, whatever you, can, whatever you can afford and whatever your remit is, set aside a budget because it will get you where you want to be definitely and probably quicker than, than you would if you did it alone without a doubt. Yeah, and I was just going to add on to that as well, just kind of bringing it back around to what we led with, which is about resiliency. I mean, we've we've named what we're doing now Tenacious Tycoons, and the word tenacious is all about that resiliency point. It's all about keeping going when things get tough, having the knowledge and experience to get past it. But then the question is, well, if you don't have that, because maybe you don't have the knowledge or the experience, well, you've got two options, what, three options ultimately have, and one option is just to give up and you know, we've already established that doesn't get you anywhere. Option two is that you figure it out on your own and you get through it that way. Fantastic. That can take time. Option three is you leverage someone else who's been there and done that. So the benefit of being in the mastermind with a coach, with a mentor, whatever it may be, it's not just what they can give you in terms of progressing you forwards and, and guiding you. It's being there when things go wrong and being able to give you a solution to a problem that you've not encountered yet, that you've not yet solved yourself. And that can save you six, 12 months easily. And that's where, again, the cost benefit of all this lies. You know, you pay onto a mastermind and people may bulk at paying a few hundred pounds a month or a few thousand pounds a month or whatever it may be. I mean, these things can get ridiculously expensive. I'm not going to lie. But at the same time, how much does that save you? It's like when you talk to a good accountant, you know, people generally don't like accountants. I'm not going to, you know, kind of butter them up, shall we say. I, mean, I, I personally quite like them. But the thing with an accountant is it's not about them putting your accounts together and filing them for you and telling you this and telling you that. It's about how they save you the money. And that in itself can more than pay for the fees that they charge you. So while people may bulk have paid more and more for an expensive accountant versus a cheaper accountant, it's the value of what you're actually buying. And it's the same when you're paying for support. I'm not suggesting that obviously the more you pay, the better support is because again, due diligence always needs to be done. You need to make sure you're engaging with the right people. But by paying for a level of support, if things are going wrong that could cost you money in the future, or even now, having that level of support in place will help you get through that a lot quicker. So yeah, it's kind of going away from the mindset point a little bit on that, but in a way it's not because it's how we think about this. You know, people are thinking with the mindset of, I can't afford this. I can't spend the money. I need to save my money. I'm not earning money. I can't afford to do it, whatever it might be. And thinking, well, I need to keep that behind and I can't, I just can't justify paying someone that's got no tangible benefit. You know, as a coach, if you were to employ me as a coach, I'm not necessarily going to guarantee that I can get you to generate an extra thousand pound a month or whatever it may be. However, it's the other side of that. If you're currently losing a thousand pound a month or a thousand dollars or whatever country you're in, is there something that you need help with that a coach could help you out with that stops you losing that? So whilst they may not help you gain anything new, they stop you losing. And to me, that's a, a massive distinction that needs to be made because it's not just about what you pay out and the value you get from something by buying a service. It's the value that you get intrinsically by being part of something that's bigger than yourself. Absolutely. Um, and I, I'm just going to pause for, for a second because um, in case anyone thinks that I'm absolutely um, mental, it's because we are podcasting this, we're going live on Facebook and we're also doing this on um, uh, Clubhouse. So I'm just frantically trying to manage all the things on my phone so when I'm, when I'm looking down. Um, so 
Yeah, and I think everything you said there was completely on the money. And you are rightly, it is about mindset because the difference between our mindset is that we can see the value in those things because we have trained our mindset to be that way versus other people who, you know, too focused on the money. And someone once said to me in in business, uh, really, really early on in my career, um, do the right thing and the money will come naturally. And I thought... um, what I, I just want to focus on the money because that's why I'm in business because I want to make money <laughs> like I've just quit my job what um and actually that that couldn't be truer um it's it's absolutely not about the money and that sounds such a weird thing to say but that is the biggest thing that I see with people you know from a mindset perspective and getting it wrong at the start is they're so money hungry and they're so kind of focused on the end goal and of course you need to understand what the end goal is of course you do because that's how people make goals except you know create plans of course but day to day it's about doing the right thing every time and I suppose like an example of what I'm trying to say about that is property is a shine, you know, both Lee and I formally, you know, first and foremost, Lee are property investors. And um, for me, it is about doing the, it is about doing the right thing in the property game because I've come across lots of properties, you know, but predominantly I'm in the HMO market. So we do house shares and, you know, I've seen lots of houses where I look at them and I think, yeah, God, I could squeeze eight rooms into that and that's going to get me four grand a month. Um but the reality is, you know, it works really nice as a five bed, as a five, you know, and, and you know, and people are like, but Sarah, you're going to lose like 1500 quid a month. Why would you, why would you want to do that? But, but it's because it's not the, not the right thing to do. It's not the right thing to do, you know, morally, you know, by the people, you know, you, you are giving somebody a home, you know, and it's about those standards of living. Um, you know, and you have to sleep at night with, with that on your conscience. You know, you are the landlord. You know, you've got the responsibility. You've got to comply to the regulations. And, and I suppose that brings me on to another saying, which is just because you can, it doesn't mean you should. And that was something else that I learned very on in, 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 the, in, the bus- in business, I suppose, was that, you know, it's often you kind of want to do all these things. And particularly me, I'm a creator and I've got loads of ideas, like 100 ideas a morning um, and 99% of them never come to fruition because that's the problem with being a creator. I've got loads of ideas, but then I can never bother to follow them through. Um, but, but you know, the reality is that I, I do have all these ideas, but I can't make them all happen. So I have to pick the ones that I think are going to work. And that's what I mean. You know, lots of people in business also try to do lots of things really quickly. Um, and again, that's a mindset thing because I think I, I need to make as much money and I need to move as quickly as possible. Um, you know, and one of um, Lee and I's uh, coaches, Paul, he has a really nice saying is you have to go slower to go further um, and that is again a mindset thing it's about slowing down taking it right back you know and you do have to go slower to go further you know if you want to be a millionaire people say it takes about an average of five years now if you want to be a billionaire who knows probably 30 years in the making I've got no idea but um that's the thing is that you know people go well um I want to be a millionaire by the end of the year well, yeah, you might, but you also will probably be in a coma in the process from being so <laughs> overworked, um, you know, and, and that probably brings me kind of nicely onto, onto the next point that, that I wanted to talk about. Um, and I will let um, Lee kind of take the lead on this one because I'm sure as a coach he'll have come across this before, but um, just all about burnout and understanding what that work-life balance is. Burnout was one of the biggest hyped-up words um, of 2020 and very understandably so. There were so many people that were experiencing 
experiencing genuine burnout um, and, and their mindset was completely off. You know, they were in a really dark place because of awful things that had happened out of their control, um, you know, through the pandemic. So, um, Lee, I'm sure you've had experience of this with your coaching clients without a doubt. I've had it myself, never mind anyone else. <laughs> but it's, it's true. I mean, burnout and to the same degree overwhelm, they're so big in terms of the impact that they have on what we do. Um, yeah, I mean, again, it's kind of what do we say? I just kind of want to go back to a little bit of what you're saying, though. So one of the key things I focus on isn't so much about the work-life balance. It's actually something I really don't like the term um, for. It's because again it's a, it, that is a big part of mindset it's what you focus on and it's what you were saying about focusing on just the money that doesn't necessarily bring people satisfaction it doesn't necessarily make you comfortable with what you're doing and if you're doing it wrong as well i mean you could become uh, you know it is possible to become a millionaire in a very short space of time there's no denying that and it does take a significant amount of hard work but you've also got to be pretty brutal frankly in a lot of cases mm. i'm not suggesting all the time because you know, there are ethical ways of doing it. It needs to, you know, sometimes right place, right time. Sometimes it's just finding that right niche. But the majority of people who've done it, unfortunately, they've done it through slightly unscrupulous means where they've done it that quickly. And again, it's where people talk about the overnight success. And it's that saying of an overnight success is generally 10 years in the making. And that, again, is true. Maybe not the timeline, but it's the fact that to be the overnight success that people see publicly, they don't see what goes on behind the scenes as well to get there. And the training you've gone through, the failures you've had in the past and all that kind of stuff. But to come back to the point, you know, with burnout and overwhelm, what people will do who want to start a business, whether they're you know, specialist entrepreneurs, whether they want to be a solopreneur, whether they want to own a big business empire, whatever it may be, people are generally good at a select few things. And we cannot simply focus on everything because we just don't have that capacity as human beings. It's impossible. Um, I wish I could remember the fact off the top of my head, but it's it's something along the lines of there's a certain amount of information we can process consciously in our brains every second. It's around about 10 bits of information, something like that might even be a little bit lower, but we're being bombarded with thousands and thousands of bits of information constantly. And that's why a lot of our biological processes is just automatic. Our breathing, we don't think about blinking, we don't think about standing up, we don't think about sitting down, we don't think about necessarily. So it's all unconscious. So there's only so much we can handle consciously and that has a big impact on what we do. So then when people try and push too hard on one particular thing, that gets their full attention and it means they block out a lot of other things consciously, which then they have to either handle unconsciously or they don't handle at all. But ultimately that then gets them overwhelmed because there's all these external things happening to us all the time and bombarding our systems and we're not dealing with them, we're not handling them or we're not having someone else handle them, which is where you know something like outsourcing really helps or having members of staff or having that support network. But it all ultimately leads to burnout because you end up focused on select few things that you can do really well and then you try and focus again on a lot of other things that you maybe don't do so well and you try and do too many things and it ultimately just leads to burnout so yeah. that's where people then talk about work-life balance and people have this thing of i have to work a certain amount of time and then i have to be at home a certain amount of time and actually i was on this conversation this week that leads to a lot of stress in your home life because what happens is you raise your conscious level when you're working, whether that's working for an employer, a company, whether it's your own business, whether it's on a side hustle, you put your focus and attention on that and you raise your stress levels to do so. 
not necessarily a bad thing, but that isn't sustainable for the long term. And then what happens though is that when you essentially are doing a business yourself or you're working all hours a day, even if it's for someone else, you never then switch off. And a big problem we've had with a lot of people having to shift to working from home and not having the space to separate work from home is that they're always in that stress state. And that's where it's led to a lot of people being burnt out, being overwhelmed, not switching off from work, you know, not relaxing. So what I actually do when I work with people is try and find that harmony. It's not about, you know, having a decent, decent balance where you say eight hours a day I'm working, eight hours a day I'm doing my personal stuff, whatever that might be, and then eight hours a day I'm sleeping. It's a matter of just saying, well, I've got one life. What is my life all about? Where am I going with my life and how am I facilitating that? Business, work, whatever it is, is a facilitation of the end result, as you've already mentioned about goals. And I think at some point we're definitely going to have a session around goals and, and uh, outcomes more specifically. But it's keeping that focus in terms of what you're doing and where you're going and why you're doing the things that you're doing. Because if you're doing something that's contrary to what it is you actually ultimately want to achieve, there either has to be a very good reason to do it and it's a stepping stone to get you where you want to be or need to be. But on the other hand, it may just be something that's causing you a lot of stress unnecessarily and then that's a big problem. And you end up with burnout, overwhelm, illness ultimately. You know, you, it does manifest itself physically, unfortunately. And, you know, it's not just the mentality that it impacts. It is purely, you know, it's, it's the whole energy that we have, our bodies and our minds. So, yeah, it's it's a big topic, is that? And I think we should definitely cover a bit more of it as we go go along. Yeah, completely. And I just want to touch on that very last point you said there about about um, it manifesting itself in physical forms as well. Um, and I speak from real personal experience there. That was something that um, definitely happened to me a couple of years ago. I um, used to have this silly mentality, you know, that I've just talked really um, down about now, but uh, that I would, you know, January, I would come out of the hills racing and I was so excited um, to try and smash everything, smash all my year goals in a month um, or something ridiculous. Um, and it really, really came back round to, to bite me on the bum, to be honest. Um, and I, and I, what I couldn't work out is why I felt so so poorly because yeah. um, like uh, probably 10, 15 years ago now, I'd suffered a little bit with mental illness. So I had a, a bit of a sort of flip with that. And, and it definitely wasn't that because I felt mentally I, I was okay. But physically, um, I was having all sorts of problems, dizziness, sickness, um, you know, I sort of stomach pains. And I really thought there was something wrong. Like I had like an ulcer, you know, there was something serious, like a serious issue. And kind of as time and time went on, I went to the doctors and they were like, Sarah, it's just, it's just stress. Like you're suffering from serious kind of overwhelm and, and stress. And I think that they're the things with the mindset, if you don't recognize early on, um, that those that those things are coming and that you're not quite right you know and if you don't manage the mindset and you don't manage the the stress that comes with business you very quickly i think go from being okay one day to really spiraling down a rabbit hole in, in a very short period of time and it's, it's quite scary and i've seen see other people that i know that have got businesses in similar positions that you can be talking to them one week and quite literally they're on on the knees the week after because it's been you know as you say this energy has been building and building and building it in the background and, and suddenly smash it all comes to a head and you know yeah. and, and kind of all, all fall down i think so i think that that was an, an excellent point um 
well made. And then I think the last piece, you know, kind of just to, to tie all this um, together is kind of how people can manage the mindset. I think, you know, that's really important. You know, what what can people do? And, and some of the things that I was just thinking, and I'm sure you'll have lots of ideas as well, Lee, was um, like meditation is, is a great, great tool for me. It was something that I discovered a couple of years back, uh, sort of shortly after my um intense physical stress um episode uh, and it really really has helped me and people do it to, to varying degrees i'm kind of like 15 minutes three four times a week that's great um, and i know some people get really into it. people do it an hour two hours a day like it varies and it's kind of what works for you there's like self-guided meditation um you know that there's guided meditation there's all sorts of things you know there's just music um kind of you can sit you can stand you can lay you know the, the whole shebang but um you know, there's lots of free resources that you can go to for meditation. Now, I mean, ne nearly everywhere. Um, I'll let you cover exercise because you are definitely the exercise guru as a personal trainer. Um, there's not much that you that you don't do. Um, uh, you know, and I think that those sort of things um, and, and rewards, kind of building in rewards, I'll, I'll touch upon in a minute. But, you know, I'll, I'll let you cover um, exercise, Lee, because I do think that's a really big part of mindset and, and, and business. And people don't relate the two, but I think they're absolutely correlated and in sync and people yeah. don't really give it enough credit. Well, absolutely. I mean, we've, we've tied that into another aspect of, of what we'll talk about in a separate episode, which is all about health ultimately and we'll do a series of these as well but you know it's, it's that whole shebang ultimately and again that's what i've set myself up to provide as a coach it's not just to focus on is it your business is it your goals is it your finances it's the whole thing which includes your mindset it includes your physical and mental health ultimately but it's also related to what you were saying there about meditation i mean mindfulness is ultimately the key word it, that's the big one <laughs> yeah. now some people get that through meditation and that's fantastic i'll be brutally honest it's not something that works for me if i'm in guided meditation in a group then i get a real benefit out of that because you're around like-minded people it's that mastermind effect again however just trying to do it on my own doesn't work because my mind's too busy and i find it hard to shut off so i cannot meditate if i'm stuck on my own and i really really struggle and for a long time, I actually beat myself up about that because, again, bad mindset. I was beating myself up saying, why can't I meditate? I need to meditate because people say I need to meditate and I get all this from it. Simple fact is it doesn't necessarily work for me in that setting. That's not to say it doesn't work full stop and it will work for me in certain uh, scenarios. And for some people you know, who can do it or who have got a good headspace, generally speaking, fantastic. But in terms of the physical side of it, that's where I actually do my meditation. Mine's through weightlifting. And that's what I found years ago before I even really looked into meditation. When I'm at the gym, when I'm weightlifting, when I'm training, I put myself through quite a lot of stress ultimately by doing that because it's what I have to do to build up the body. But at the same time, it's when people talk about getting in the zone, it's something that obviously high performance athletes really specialize in. It's about getting into the zone. And you'd be surprised at how many of these actually work with professional therapists and mm -hmm. um, psychologists to get them that ability to do it. And even certain things like in NLP, some of the things that we learn in there is about um, uh, physical trigger points. So we all have triggers and this is a whole different subject that again, we'll probably touch on another, another point, but the, the trigger is something that obviously results in an emotion, a feeling or whatever it may be, it results in a certain state. And a physical trigger is exactly the same thing, but it's where you can maybe have a pressure point on your hand and you touch that and it gets you into a high state of 
um, adrenaline or it makes you happy, it can make you sad if you really wanted it to. And it's something that actually comes out of NLP, but it's actually a really powerful exercise that a lot of athletes use. And it's the same thing for me when I do my training. I'm not someone who will go and exercise. I'm not the sort of person that screams and shouts at the gym when I'm lifting heavy weights. It's just not my personality. Again, not to discredit those that do, it's you know, personal thing, but I, it's one of those things that when I'm at the gym, because I have to focus on what I'm doing, otherwise I hurt myself because of the, the amount of weight that I lift, I have to push everything else out of my head. So for me, that's my version of meditation because that is me clearing my mind. And then when I'm done with that, not only have I got a clear mind that I can then you know, attack the day with, attack the week with, whatever it may be, but I've also got the physical benefit and the various chemicals that obviously our bodies release through that. So, you know, you have to find the way of being mindful, ultimately, whether it's meditation, whether it's uh, physical exercise, whether it's just having a bit of fun and taking yourself out of the situation. It's all the same thing. It's all about getting mindful of what you're doing, why you're doing it. Uh, you know, what state you're currently in, is this appropriate for what I'm trying to do or what I'm trying to achieve? And yeah, it's it's a big topic, so I'm going to stop there because I'll, I'll end up going on forever and I'm conscious that we're kind of over what we agreed to do with time <laughs> on this thing, so yeah. we tend to do this, aren't we? No, no, you're right. But that's only because it's a good conversation, Lee. That's absolutely. good. Um, yeah, no, uh, all your points, absolutely. You know, um, I think interesting you're talking about the pressure points. Um, I think, and this is definitely a conversation for another day, but I learned all about pressure points when I did some public speaking training uh, and I was trying to overcome my anxiety of public speaking. That's really interesting that you say that. And, and it is, it's, it's about how it all ties in. And like you said, whatever it is, um, you know, like I, I sort of touched on before, building in rewards you know and that was kind of what you were saying Lee whatever it is whatever the fun stuff is you know if you just really enjoy listening to Metallica in your car at 150 decibels then build an hour into your week that that's what you want to do like that it's whatever works for you but you have to have that reward period and it has to be consistent it's no good saying oh once every six months I'll go for a swim because that's just not enough motivation it has to be weekly at least it has to be something that ignites you that gives you passion that you feel excited for and and it has to be consistency you know in business it's very 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 tough you know as an Anybody that's sat here listening right now, you know, or watching us, you'll know if you're in business how bloody hard it is sometimes. Um, And if you're thinking about getting started, then if you follow us and you keep listening to what we've got to say, you will also equally realise how hard it really is um, just through listening. But it's also very rewarding, but therefore you do have to build those rewards in along the way to keep that level head and to keep that um, sort of right mindset, um, as sort of me and Lee were saying. So I think we will leave it there for today, Lee. Do you agree? Yeah, well, let's let's stop it there for what we're recording. Absolutely. you know, we're doing these on a weekly basis, so there'll be more to come. Um, I can't remember if we touched on them at the beginning, but we're covering not just mindset, but we're going to be covering health, wealth, and uh, property okay. separately. And we'll kind of cycle through them, I think, just so that yeah. we can give a decent spread. But we will also get the odd person on here to speak, um, so it's not just us all the time. So. Uh, absolutely if this has been of use to people if you're finding this interesting then you know feel free to follow us on the various platforms that we're on this will be going out in quite a few different areas as well and again feel free to engage with us and we're always up for a conversation with people and happy to help 
Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't couldn't agree with you more there, Lee. You know, as I kind of said at the start, you know, Lee and I really are just doing this because we want to kind of help and impart our hopefully some of our words of wisdom um, on people, and hopefully what we sort of some of the things that we said today and that we'll say in the future will sort of you know strike a chord with you guys and um, resonate in some way. And and if you do feel um, that you do want to connect with us, like I say, we are all in business together. There is nothing more important than that, you know. And as you know, kind of me and Lee said. In the middle of this conversation, there's nothing more that bug of a bugbear than a solopreneur. So don't be one of those. Come and get in touch. You know, come and like and comment and share, and we'll chat with you guys. Um, and let's all be in business together. So thank you very much for listening and watching today. Yeah, thanks everyone. We'll uh, catch you next time.